El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't do anything at all. Joining me today, he is my co-host on a fantastic podcast called Pod 6, a podcast about the films of Spike Lee that you can check out on the Unpops Patreon and the Unpops Supercast. He's also a music producer who does a lot of the intros that you hear on our podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Sliceberg Slim also joining us. He is a fantastic comedian who you've heard on the podcast a whole bunch of times before. You can also see him do stuff on Twitch, I think. I should have looked all this up before I recorded this. Ladies and gentlemen, J.P. Brown. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but Jeff will be back next week. But I do have a room full of guests. Case in point, J.P. Brown is back. How's it going, man? Salutations, y'all. I'm doing good. Can't complain. Just trying to keep my sanity and my faith in humanity. You know how it is. That's hard to do these days. Yeah. Yes, it is. It it takes, takes some work. I don't know yeah. if I always put in that work. Sometimes I just lose faith for a little bit. Oh yeah, so sometimes yeah, especially during this whole COVID thing and everything is just it's just I mean, like on one side nobody's really talking about how this is affecting people mentally. I mean, human beings are social creatures and this whole pandemic just really threatens all of that. And but on the other hand, then we have these fucking anti-masker people who are running around at these super spreader events and stuff. I just saw another another article with like like I think it was like um some sort of other rappers or something like that in Florida. And they're <laughs> Florida, just, no, come on. Like as soon, yeah, <laughs> as soon as Florida, like that's 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 just a dead giveaway now. And it's like once again, holding these huge ass indoor events and stuff, nobody's wearing masks and shit. And I'm just like fuck this is are, are we ever gonna get through this shit like really these fucking people you know but i don't it know feels, it feels like we're not it's yeah fucking yeah, crazy but, uh, there know, was just yeah there there was just an anti-mask protest at the dodger stadium vaccine site a couple oh, days ago God. and they ended up shutting down the vaccine what? site over it yeah are you serious there were people <laughs> holding signs that said save your soul as if they're getting directly injected with the devil. Oh, God. Why do we always have to be the stupid country? Why us, man? Which Why? I'm going to be honest. If I could get injected with the devil, I might do it just to have those powers. <laughs> Who knows? But, hey, I should introduce our other guest, my Pod 6 co-host, music producer Sliceberg Slim. How's it going? Hey, what's up? What's up? Not much, man. Just uh, watching the snow outside. Just something to take my mind off of everything else for a couple minutes. Nice. Watching it snow outside and watching it rain GameStop profits from the sky. <laughs> that is, oh, that's what we're talking about today. It, by popular demand. I get it, people. <laughs> we're talking, yeah. we'll talk about GameStop. Get off my fucking back. 
Just joking. <laughs> I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten from people about this. Uh, one listener in particular, Jay Sherman 5000. I don't know if that's your real name, but uh, we messaged back and forth. He was going to do the pod, but I, mm-hmm. I uh, usually require that people have a microphone uh, before they do that. And he doesn't. So instead, he just uh, sent me some shit via email. And I appreciate that. And uh, we're talking about the GameStop thing today, but in a broader sense, we're talking about the stock market in general. Either one of you, who wants to go first? Uh, Do either of you have like any involvement or thoughts when it comes to the stock market? Recently, my girlfriend has been pretty involved in the past month and a half, which is fortunate that this kind of happened right when we kind of got into it. So I've been kind of following for a while. I've seen a lot of the Reddit threads for a couple of weeks now. It's something I got behind just because the rhetoric mm-hmm. that the average Joe made a little money. It's a little bit compared to all the billions they make. And now we're just at home spending our government money being brainwashed by social media to <laughs> pretty much take back a little bit of money that we put into this shit. How dare us? Yeah, exactly. You, you know said I mean? rhetoric. I, th- I think you meant rhetoric. Because <laughs> it was on Reddit. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Thank rhetoric. You. Thank you. Rhetoric. 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 JP, sorry. how about you? It's just, oh boy. I, I, you know, once I was reading up on the articles about it and stuff, and as I was reading how they did it and the steps they took to do it and how they like started from scratch and everything and that, how they, you know, did just, like just a bunch of them just kept in touch with each other and then, you know, shop over it and, and stuff. And then just made that much money. I was just, I, like I said, I, I, I was, I was kicking myself in the ass, man. I was just like, fuck, why didn't I get on board with this? Like, Oh my God, I could have been at least somewhat decent right now, you know, but and, think of the potential though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going forward. Now we know this, you should, we, we're good. Now that we know this going forward, hopefully open up everything. Yeah, I hope so, because especially the way they, they shut it down afterwards, like once they found out. I mean, I saw this one, this one, I can't remember exactly what his name is, but he, of course, he's one of these Wall Street, you know, billionaire assholes and stuff. And he's like saying, oh, this is all bullshit. It's attack on billion. It's an attack on billionaires. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, we, you know, I'm sorry that the regular average Joe people just happen to figure out how to get their a little piece of the pie that y'all have been hogging for years decades oh how yeah exactly like you said like how dare us like i agree with that but i also i feel like the stock market in general you're still not really talking about average people like Mm -hmm. if you're if you're someone that has a spare five thousand dollars to pump into gamestop stock right now with the expectation that it's going to hit a thousand dollars within like a year or something. You're not the average person who's dealing with COVID. Right. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Like most of America is begging for the government to send them a $600 check. Yeah. And it's not so they can pump it back into GameStop. So there is, I I get the notion because it is in a lot of ways. It's like, it's obviously smaller, uh, a smaller group of investors dealing with fucking behemoths, like dealing with the actual evil, entities of the world fucking hedge funds yeah so in that respect it's definitely that but i also have always just kind of seen the stock market as like i've never 
had money in the stock market, aside from when I've had like an IRA at a job or something, like mm-hmm. anytime the stock market's crashed, I've always been like, oh yeah, uh, that must suck for anyone who has money in the stock market. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, th- I mean, because of this uh, inheritance nest egg that I managed to acquire, you know, after my mom died, like uh, about six years ago, almost seven years now, I mean, I was able to like invest uh, quite a bit of it and stuff. I mean, unfortunately, I had to live off of a lot of that, you know, over the years and stuff, but you know, and I'm building it back up now, but even still like the, like the odds of that happening to me just regularly where I'm just like, yeah, you know what, let me just put uh, $10,000 on this stock and 20,000 on this stock. Like, come on, like that is, it, you're right. It's, it's a very scarce thing. And it's, and that's, that's one of the things that always kind of irritate. It made me always, it always made me roll my eyes whenever I would hear like, okay, I'm going to just say it like Trump supporters being like, you know, when I asked them, like, okay, what has he done that was so great and stuff? And then they mentioned, oh, you know, the best economy in the world. Look at how well the stock market's doing. I'm like, how much of that stock do you owe? How much, how much, or do you, do you own? How much, how much shares in that stock market do you own? Really? Like, come on. How does this benefit you in any way, shape, or form? It benefits them, you know, like the yeah. upper one percent, sure. But, dude, you're living in a trailer on, on, on Zuma Beach. Like, come on. The one thing about Robinhood, though, which is the app everyone's using to invest, mm. you can kind of invest any amount you want, right? Ten dollars at the least. Ten is the least you can do for most. After that, ten minimum, then they increased it, but then they, they put the hold on it. Uh, let me clear something up. I'm not a day trader or anything. I just <laughs> I just I just got some stocks because my cash app lets you buy stocks. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just playing around like everyone else trying to see if I can get a little piece or something too. That's the thing about Robinhood and apps like it is it does let regular people dip their toe into the stock market, but also if you dip the toe, specifically dip the toe, that's it, just the toe. But if you're doing that without any background or research or knowledge, you're just gambling kind of, right? Yeah, you're just completely gambling. So you're probably going to lose that toe, but like some people can afford to lose a toe, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've never been a fan of gambling either at all. I just, I don't like the, uh, the, the possibility of losing money. I'm not a fan of that. You know, I'd, I'd like to gain more than, in, I'd like to gain money instead of losing money, you know? And yeah, it's like, and I, and that's the thing. I wish I had the knowledge that all these people had to, so that I could be able to do, make my money work for me in that way. So let's talk about GameStop. Now that I have my general feelings about the stock market out of the way, and we'll get back to that later on in the episode also, but this GameStop thing, it is fucking crazy. It's yeah. been brewing since like around mid 2019. That is when a Reddit user known as Roaring Kitty on some social media outlets, his name on Reddit is apparently so appalling that the New York Times won't even publish it and i think it just has like the word fuck in the middle or something but uh, <laughs> who cares something like that, yeah his real name is keith gill i'm not gonna call this guy roaring kitty for the entirety <laughs> of this episode i'm a fucking adult yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like if i have the option to go with keith gill that's what that's what yeah, we're doing yeah. and back in mid 2019 he posted an image on an online forum showing that he'd invested $53,000 in GameStop, which 
that's a lot of money. Yeah. Like you'll you'll see it even in quotes from him where he'll be like, I'm not driving a Lamborghini. I'm not rich. And it's like, yeah, but you did have fifty three thousand yeah. dollars to gamble on Game Stock or GameStop. Yeah. Why aren't we if, just calling it Game Stock? Yeah. Change the name. Yeah. Game yeah, going forward. Well, might as well exactly, you know. That's what this whole event should be called is GameStock. It's like Woodstock for retail investors. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it is true. I mean, I wish I was able to muster up fifty three grand just to, you know, just be like to just do it without even flinching. Yeah. And if, if I spent fifty three thousand dollars, I wouldn't have a phone left or a computer to do this Zoom. Yeah. yeah. If I would, if, have, I would have sold it. <laughs> if yeah. I pumped fifty three thousand dollars into GameStop right now, the IRS would be like, dude, don't make us send a fucking helicopter to your place. You got $53,000. You can give us some of the money you owe us. We're being very patient. And I agree. Thank you, IRS. I appreciate your patience. So he pumps $53,000 into GameStop and people are like, dude, sell that shit right now because that stock is going nowhere. Mm-hmm. He initially was doing it from a really genuine place where he was like, no, you don't get it. GameStop's doing bad now, but all these console makers are going to be putting out new consoles soon. And that's where people tend to go to get consoles like it'll fucking recover. I'm confident in this. So instead of selling that stock, like people said, he started doing YouTube videos and writing articles about how confident he was that this GameStop <clears throat> gamble was going to pay off. Yeah. And it was actually it was actually a good idea on him as well because yeah, the way that a lot of people were just buying these video game consoles left, right and center. I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of price gougers who literally have like these automatic bots that would as soon as the new Xbox or the new um, the PS5 came into stock and in back in stock again, these bots would automatically buy them in just just droves. Wow, you know what I mean? Just like automatically buy them in droves. I mean, obviously these price gougers then took the the uh, PS5s on eBay and tried to sell them for like eighteen hundred and two thousand yeah. and stuff like that. Which, as far as I'm concerned, they can eat all the dicks for that. I mean, that's no com- that's no problem with GameStop. I mean, they're just like, yeah, you want to give us money for this? Whatever, <laughs> you know. How cool uh, would it be if someone deployed bots? To actual GameStop locations, just like actual fucking robots standing in line with real working credit cards. Like, look, I'm here to buy a fucking game console. Tell me I can't. And they'd be like, you can't. And that robot would murder a GameStop employee. Like that would be the opposite of that sound way cooler. Yeah. A physical bot. (laughs) Yeah. I would love it. It would be kind of cool until they start blocking the Olive Garden and stuff. Then people are, just, then, you know, in arms like, "Come on, I need to get my breadsticks!" Like the you know, <laughs> fucking robot know, blocking the parking lot, like you know, robot revolution over Xboxes. That would be. I would love if that's how the world ended. That would be kind yeah, of cool. Exactly. Yeah. That would be on fun. some T2 Judgment Day shit where there's drones <laughs> flying in the air. And <laughs> so yeah, we're when we're talking about GameStop. This is a stock that at one point was selling for $4 a share. Mm. And that's not a lot. And if you're at home and you're like, I don't know how stocks work. That's really all you need to know is that GameStop stock was very cheap. 
at one point. And as of closing on Friday, $325 a share. So the price of GameStop stock went up significantly. And a Mm -hmm. lot of that happened over the last week. So back to Keith Gill. When people told Keith Gill to sell that stock, he didn't sell it. He starts making these videos and writing these articles about his investment. And eventually more people start getting on board, including last August, a guy named Ryan Cohen, who is the founder of the pet food site, Chewy.com. Yes. And he took a big stake in GameStop. I think he is working for GameStop now, if I'm not mistaken. But once that happened, the stock shot way up, at least way up from when it was trading at 4 to $6. Mm-hmm. And that's also the point where Gil and his people find out that a bunch of hedge funds are basically taking the opposite bet. That's the, the most basic layman's term way to put it, is the people on the retail investor side, the regular Joes and Janes, are betting on GameStop stock to go up. And the people running these hedge funds are betting on it to go down, meaning someone's going to lose a lot of money. And the thing with options, contracts, they have an expiration date. If you're betting on it to go down and the stock has gone way up by the time they expire, you're going to lose a shit ton of money. Yes. And that's basically what happened. The hedge funds lost the bet. They were betting on it to go down. And this group of investors using social media and Reddit rallied around GameStop stock and bought it to the point that it went up. It's called a short squeeze. Right. It's like a tug of war with money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit, because at some point, if you're betting on those stocks to go down, if they keep going up, you have to buy stock too to kind of mitigate your losses. And then that just sends the price even higher. That's what happened. And a lot of things converged last week to make that stock really, really go up. Like Elon Musk tweeted about it. But Sliceberg, you were yeah. following this on on the Reddit while it was happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Was there some sort of inciting incident this week that made people start buying the way they did? Not necessarily. It was almost like it came to a head. Like it was it it was like anything. I don't think as planned. Like this is the day. It's just kind of it was almost like natural. Like okay, let's let's go. Let's move it up. I speed it up some. Like it just everyone kind of just fell in line. Well, I guess they got more people with just coming on like that that um wall street that's that thing is getting like probably like five thousand new readers like per minute or something like it it grows so quickly it's spreading so fast like i never seen anything like it but they're so organized like they know the rule they know what to do like this is the target let's drive it up like yeah they got it and it's quick and those guys up top they can't they gotta call their buddies on the phone they're not they're not in subreddits talking to people. Like they don't, they can't spread their info quicker than we can. They can't beat us on that. They're just old guys. It's so crazy to me now seeing articles that are like, "Is it legal to intentionally bankrupt a hedge fund?" It's like, who fucking cares? Are you yeah, kidding that, me? Right. But that's what's that's what's so worrisome about it is you know, in the end, if it comes down to the government having to side with someone, they're going to side with whoever has the most money. Cause most that's what, money. Exactly. That's what our government does. Be a bad look. 
Yeah. It's real bad luck. Yeah, it's so, it's so and that's and that's another thing that really it just really I mean this coupled with the whole pandemic stuff and the the completely lack of relief given by the government it, it really does show it, it it really exposes the greed and selfishness of this country for the world to see. I mean it is on full display right now more than yeah. it's ever been before. America is just staggeringly selfish. You know, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're all selfish in our own and we're all inherently selfish in our own way. I mean, you know, when it yeah. comes, to, you know, self-preservation, that's what we do. We take care of our own and stuff and that's fine. But this is not even like the typical meat and potatoes. I don't want to share selfish. These people are literally like, I would rather see you go broke and die than inconvenience myself or give you any even chance, any chance of even gaining you know any any type of wealth that we have or even 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 if they don't want even if because most people don't want that much wealth you know what i mean but most people don't want to be like oh um i i have all this and i'm you know i want to buy like five yachts or something i I don't nobody really wants that they just want to be able to reach a point where they don't have to worry about money and be comfortable they can actually live their best life and be comfortable and just you know and and just live good you know, just live, just just live well. Most people just want that, and these people are like, nope, all me, all me, 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 me. And it's just, it's it's gross. It's so gross to watch. Yeah, and it's nice to think that an action like this is actually going to bankrupt one of these hedge funds, but no, it's not. Like, yeah, oh, they'll bounce back easily. Well, the first thing yeah. that happened, Melvin Capital, I believe, was the first of these hedge funds that ended up having to take action on this short that they had out there. And they ended up losing like $2 billion. Like there's no official accounting of how much money they lost, but they were bailed out by another investment firm called Citadel immediately. They gave them $2.75 billion to cover their losses. So mm-hmm. must be nice. You know, so wait, why they even why be mad? They have a safety net. We don't. Exactly. <laughs> and we still can't play. We still can't at all. <laughs> I mean, how many how many of them got rich? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, made even more billions before any sort of relief for the for the pandemic went out to the public like how many of them like sold a bunch of their stock knowing that all these things right, were going right. down before before the pandemic even hit hard yeah there were a bunch of people in congress who were yeah. accused of that and that is such a crime like they should yeah. be in prison for that yeah, yeah. but no yeah. one said regulations in no one mentioned regulations well yeah, here's they- the thing congress would be in charge of overseeing all of that so like when they're in charge of writing our laws that govern financial transactions like that they're not going to write them in a way that hurt their investments it's almost like yeah. it's I've, I've seen it said in a few different articles it's kind of a conflict of interest to be in congress and yeah. have money in the stock market because yeah, yeah. it doesn't seem right it's mm. capitalism baby that's the thing the stock uh. market it's like investing in capitalism yeah, yeah, literally. But the <laughs> ugly Reagan version of capitalism. Not, yeah, exactly. Not the cool one where money trickles down to everyone and we're all living great and there's no yeah. communism in our our side of the world. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's just, oh, God. And even even then with the whole trickle-down economy, it never trickled down <laughs> ever at all. No, no. Still waiting for it. Well, that's one of the flaws in the stock market is there are so many textbooks and things that will tell you, well, yeah, when a company operates like this, they're going to get these profits and then they're going to put those profits back into like making life better for people. They fucking don't. They give that money to shareholders and the Mm -hmm. CEO gets a huge bonus based on what the stock is worth. Mm -hmm. It's a very destructive system. Did you guys see the um, interview the CEO of Robinhood gave? Uh, no, I, I don't did not. I, at least not that I don't remember. No, you got to watch this. I mean, it's on YouTube. You ever see something like? Remember when Trump was doing crazy shit, and you pretty much just see in your head the whole SNL skit of it. Yes, like the whole interview was just like awkward interview. Like the guy clearly was paid off. He was like, you got to watch it. Oh. It's, it's, it's pretty good. But it, he, the guy was asking like, how do you pretty much? call yourself Robin Hood and you you don't stand with the people. They found a tweet in 2016 of Robin Hood saying let the people trade and everyone's kind of bringing that to the forefront now like what happened to that to that Robin Hood. Yeah, exactly. That did not age well at all. Yeah, cuz yeah. That's that's the next that's the next point in this story. In the middle of this huge surge where retail investors are driving the price of GameStop way way up to the detriment of hedge funds as if by magic. Robinhood steps in and stops letting people buy shares in not just GameStop, but AMC, BlackBerry. There were like six or seven different stocks that they thought people were targeting in the same way. And they restricted all of those. And then they were like, what? We just needed more money. (laughs) It was just a regulations thing. You can start trading again now. Kind of. Yeah. Limited though, very limited. Right. Yeah, exactly. Very limited. They, yeah, a, a, a like a four foot high ceiling. Yeah, you weren't allowed to trade uh, anything that you didn't already have in your portfolio. As far as like, you, well, you couldn't buy anything new, uh-huh. and you could oh, and you couldn't add any money to your account. So whatever you had in there, that's all you can do. So it was very limited. And then um, it's like they give it, they're giving the bad guys a chance to catch up. You're winning yeah, too much. Exactly. Slow down. Let the bad guys catch up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, that's like, you know, giving them more of a head start while they continue to, like, hold us at the knee so we can't go any further. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's really disgusting. And, yeah, they did it in a way that allowed them to kind of have this little bit of cover where they were like, we just needed, it was about money. We just needed the money to cover all of these. But, yeah, then why come back and restrict it the way you did? Exactly. And it raised all these questions about Citadel, which is the company that bailed out Melvin Capital. People went on Twitter and were pointing out, hey, Citadel also owns Robinhood. What's what's that all about? And here's the thing, <laughs> conspiracy theorists. No, Citadel doesn't own Robinhood. They're just their biggest customer and account for 35% of their revenue every year. So they basically own Robin Hood. In in other words. Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) What Robin Hood decided was that a class action lawsuit would probably be cheaper than having Citadel pull all of their business from Robin Hood. And like, they're never going to, no one's ever going to be able to prove that, but Robin Hood will just settle out of court probably. And who knows? Yeah. But it Um, was 
that was a bold move to just step in and yeah, stop people from being able to buy those shares. That yeah, it's a it's like fuck PR. Just do it. Yeah, no, they just yeah, they just pulled a massive dick move in front of everybody and just you know, just for every, yeah. like right in front of them too. Just yeah. right out in the open, like yeah, we're not we're not letting you have this anymore. Like oh okay, so. I guess you guys only you guys were only with us when we were, you know, tossing our pennies in and stuff. But when we actually started making king moves, now suddenly you're yeah. back, you know, you you demote us again. Yep. Wow. You know, who could have seen that coming? No yeah. way. <laughs> exactly. The rich protecting the rich. <laughs> and that's that's kind of where the story is as of right now. We're recording this on Sunday, so the the night it goes up as of Friday trading closed and the stock, like we said earlier, is at $325 and there are people expecting it to get to a thousand. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking that all of these people who have money in this are just going to wake up Monday morning and sell all their shit, you might be right. I think Monday's going to be pretty ugly. Monday come 930 when it opens, this is, I think, the fight really continues. It's going to get real. You think? Everyone's waiting over the weekend. Like, yeah, from what I what I've seen and you know when I'm reading, like, it's this hasn't even begin to start. This even is, with Super Bowl yeah. media week happening, you yeah. don't think that's going to distract these people? people? Are, <laughs> these people are dedicated. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess we will see. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe I'm, I'm willing to to bet that most of these people who who are on Reddit. And, you know, who are invested in this GameStop stuff, they probably probably don't give a shit too much about the Super Bowl. I mean, I was joking. I, I know. I know it's not. Yeah. Yeah. People, especially not right. media. Week. Who's playing? I, uh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I like, All right. Well, good luck with that. Good luck with your sportsing. But um, no, no. Monday's going to be the Money Bowl. Monday morning, the Money Bowl, 930. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I wish I, I wish I had in the game. Oh my god! So all of this brings me to the the next part of the podcast that I want to talk about, which is: Do we need the stock market? I, I know hedge fund types need the stock market, but it's so like. Remember when the pandemic started, and people were like, "Oh shit, stock market is gonna fucking tank," and it did. Very briefly. And then it shot way back up. Just started generally flourishing while everything else on the planet was stagnant and dying. And the short explanation for why that is, is because the stock market is not really tied to the prosperity and well-being of average Americans. What you actually see is in times of crisis, situations like this, the stock market does really well. When people are not doing well, the stock market does well. 9-11, right. there are people who made a killing in the stock market by investing in the right things immediately after 9-11 happened. And there are people who did that and are like, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but that's how the stock market works. Like, I may, I, I invest money every day. Why would I not invest it on 9-11, you know? Right. It's especially true if we're talking about big corporations, which are basically the enemy of the people. Trump says that about the media, but the truth is it's kind of corporations that are the enemy of the people. The market is so heavily weighted 
on this small handful of companies, like these huge companies like Amazon, Apple, Google, and those companies can weather a storm. So, like, what the fuck does COVID matter to Amazon? Amazon's thriving. Yes, Mm -hmm. in a big way. That's the other thing we saw kind of like halfway, like six or so months into it, was we started seeing all these articles like, oh, these 14 billionaires became even more of a billionaire because of COVID. All right, so can they give us some of that money? Meanwhile, we're over here. We can't even get a $600 check. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. These guys are becoming even more wealthy than they were before. And yeah, and and it doesn't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess the stock market is okay if you are a big monster company like, you know, like Amazon, Apple, Costco, um, stuff like that. But if you're not, then it's really like, what does it really do for you? And if, if you're one of those companies, a crisis like this, what's basically going to happen is your competitors, your smaller competitors are the ones that are going to die off. And so what's that going to do to Amazon's stock? It's going to send it up even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a quote from Bill Ackman speaking to the New York Times. He is a billionaire investment manager, and this is him talking about coronavirus. The virus kills older people, people with comorbidities, people with other health issues. And the same thing is true in business. The virus kills off companies that were structurally impaired already. Yep. So yeah. it's it's literally these companies getting rich because of coronavirus. And yes. that's how the stock market operates. I've said this a bunch of times on the pod before, but it seems like it all changed in the 80s with Reagan. He came into office. He passed all these deregulations that allowed corporations to do all sorts of shady things with their stock. Stock buybacks are the main one. But What also happened is that's the point in history where it seemed like our collective line of thinking was, well, companies are going to do whatever they have to do to make profits. Yeah. And they are beholden to their shareholders. So if, say, we were demanding that a car maker put some sort of safety improvement in place, the argument you would hear from every corner of the country would be, yeah, but if they do that, their profits are going to go down, so they're going to have to lay people off. And it's like, no, they could just make fewer profits in the name of public safety. Like, that's how it's supposed to work. They're supposed to put those profits into making shit better. And at some point in the 80s, we just accepted that, nope, what they should be doing is making the people who invest in them as rich as possible and their CEOs should be as rich as possible. And also corporations are people. and You can't sue them out of existence, which yeah. you can't because of the hot coffee lawsuit. That's what we yeah. demanded as a public. Yeah. We demanded protection for corporations. And now fucking <laughs> here we are, America. Wow. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, once, yeah, once, once they, we basically just kowtowed to them and let them do whatever they want. That was like, that was, they just, we just basically just handed them the keys to our our vehicle to <laughs> to basically do whatever the fuck they want with it. You there, know, were, they, there were two things Reagan did in the 80s that fucked workers in general. This, where mm-hmm. he deregulated, he passed this deregulation that allowed corporations to do stock buybacks, which basically means 
to drive up the price of stock, they will buy back available shares. And that was outlawed after the Great Depression in 1929 because it was seen as a form of market manipulation. But Reagan allowed that to be a thing again. And that's really kind of the foundation of the stock market now. And it contributes to why everyone is so or why corporations are more beholden to stockholders than to the people who work for them. And Mm. the other thing Reagan did that really fucked workers was the air traffic controller strike, because those are government workers. And there was this basically nationwide air traffic controller strike, or it might have just been in D.C. I don't remember that part. But for the longest time, if workers were on strike, firing them, you could always do it. It had been legal for the longest time, but it was also kind of the same as what Robin Hood did, where, yeah, yeah, you can legally do it, but people are going to be like, you are a fucking monster. And Reagan broke up that fucking air traffic controller strike. Mm -hmm. He fired people who wouldn't come back to work. And once the president does it, everyone else basically in the free world is going to be like, fuck your strike. We'll fire you if you go on strike. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Reagan. I got, I got um two questions here. One, do you think this would have happened if the government had supplied everyone with substantial stimulus checks to help um throughout this whole COVID situation? Yeah. And I mean, like that we wouldn't have if we were kind of good financially, like we wouldn't have, I feel like we kinda we weren't getting the money. And I guess the irony of the story is a loss that we weren't getting the money we needed, so we took the money from Robin Hood. It's like we if we were getting the money and we wouldn't have been in such a demand to really go out in here and really try to make our own. I mean, partially, yes. The boredom from COVID has contributed to so many things and just not being able to yeah. work. And like, that's part of the reason the black lives matter protests were as big as they were. Like yes. people had nothing yeah. to do. People had yeah. been stuck in the house for months and months and months And it's like, fuck, yeah, we'll go out in the streets for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But the thing about that, so I'm sure that's some of it, but also this started before COVID. And I feel like it. True, true. I I just picked up steam more, I guess. I I just I feel like the people who are really, really hurting for that six hundred dollar check probably weren't investing money in Robin Hood. I still like I still feel like it's. In general, the stock market doesn't like I know people still need it like everyone like no one's going to turn down six hundred dollars. Yeah, but I feel like this would have happened either way. I feel like it seems like it's been brewing since before covid. True. It was kind of it was time. I can see that. But time to happen. This probably did bring it to a head. Covid probably did bring it to a little bit of a head. One of the, the things I started searching around for once I was researching this article was, well, what would happen if we just didn't have the stock market? What, what if it just went away? I mean, I know if it just went away, that would be catastrophic and a lot of people would probably lose <laughs> lots and lots of money and there would be mass suicides and things. But like yeah. in the general sense, what if we didn't have the stock market? And I got to be honest, it doesn't sound that bad. One of these articles I read, the first bullet point, which I, I always associate with the most important point, like you want to sell people from years of working at cracked, 
people would always assume that we would put our lists in order from like worst to best. And no, mm-hmm. number five would always be the one that was going to get your attention the most. So uh, even if you felt like that's what should be number one, we'd put it at number five because we knew it would get your attention. And then number two and number one would be along the same lines. And then three and four would just be like the throwaway things that we assume you're going to blow through to get through to the other stuff you want to read. Right. Genius. And so the first bullet point in this article, you'd have to buy and sell your own stock. All right. I think yeah. I can. Yeah, oh, without a market, it would it would be harder to buy stocks. No way to say it ain't so. I did not see that coming. Like, yeah, exactly. That's a drawback I feel like I can live with. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I mean, with the right uh, education and stuff like that, with the right knowledge of how to do it, I'm sure I think we'd probably be just fine. I'm sure that's a hole that wouldn't go unfilled for long. Someone yeah. would step in and find a new way to it's help us. a new system. Of, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It, it would probably also be corrupt and would crush the lives of working class people. But that's a bridge you cross when you get to it. Yeah, of course. The next bullet point in this article, business funding may not be easy. As someone who runs a business, I can assure you it's not easy now, bub. Yeah. So (laughs) when has running a business ever been easy? Whether you're a big business or a small business, it's always going to be, there's there's always going to be some difficulty in running that business, no matter what. (laughs) Yeah. I, I assumed when I formed an LLC, credit card offers would just start falling from the sky. I could buy a probably a company car. None of that's happening so far. It's been very disappointing. Also, like more and more companies are turning to private funding anyway. I think at one point Tesla, I don't know if Tesla did go private, but I know that uh, Elon Musk at one point tweeted that they were thinking about it. And it sent like a shockwave through the stock market and Tesla's stock tanked briefly. And I think he got in trouble for that and had to pay a fine of some sort. Like twenty million dollars. I hope he. I hope he recovers someday. I hope, wow. I hope yeah, Grimes exactly. doesn't leave him because he's poor now. So yeah, like a lot of companies are turning to private capital anyway. So you don't really have to like. That's a thing that's happening without the stock market dying. So again, no problem. Uh, exactly. There's also the argument that business growth would be tougher. I'm sure it would. I am sure it would. And mm-hmm. I'm sure we would fucking manage. <laughs> yeah, we'd figure we'd have to figure it out somehow. I mean, and then I mean, that's that's part that's part of the trial and error. This yeah. this article, which I'll link to, what website was this on? Uh, Thebalance.com, which is like a stock market and trading website. This article just casually throws out this sentence: "The greatest downside to the stock market is that it engenders income inequality." And it's like, oh, just the biggest problem facing society right now. It just it contributes to that. Wow. Yeah, but also business funding would be so tough without it. Man, fucking burn the <laughs> stock market to the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, tough shit. We'll figure it out. Like, really? Yeah. And do I have an alternative to the stock market? No, it's not my job. It's not my job to come up with an alternative to the stock market. It is my job to bitch about income inequality. So yeah. I'm yeah, doing my know. job. Someone else come up with a fix for the stock market. Exactly. I mean, you know, they'll be able to do it. It's not like they can't. I mean, you know, there were people who came up with the stock market in the first place. So if they can do that, then they can come right. up with a new plan. That's not a problem. You know, I'm yeah. all for, you know, I'm all, I'm all for the breakdown of systems that don't benefit 
the whole humanity as a whole anyway. Yeah. If it, if it only if it only benefits a certain select few people and just pretty much fucks off everybody else, then you know what? Yeah. Tear, tear that system out. Like just completely just throw it away. We don't we don't need it anymore. You know, I, I feel this whole thing pretty much. We all knew what we stood, but this they just drew a big line in the sand that they can't come back from. Like yeah. the, things are going to be different now. Like the disparity between the rich and the poor, like it's like it's it's even realer. Yeah. After this, it, we see we see the true colors now. We know who's who. Exactly, and that that's one of the beautiful things about it about um, living in this time now is because that you know this knowledge is so much is is so accessible to us now. Whereas before it wasn't, so they could operate behind closed doors and they could be basically do whatever the fuck they wanted to, and nobody yep. would be any of the wiser. You know, and even though there are still a lot of people now that aren't the wiser, <laughs> you know, that's changing and people are gaining more knowledge. And, and, you know, even a lot of people are just like, wait a second, this isn't right. Hang on. And, you know, it's it's almost like it's it's it's, it's like we're living in the the age of accountability now, you know, yeah. where, where people are actually calling stuff out now and being like, OK, you know what? This ain't right. And this has got to change. And you motherfuckers, we're holding your we're holding your feet under the coals. You know what I mean? You know, we're, we're, we're holding your feet yeah. to the fire now. You're not going to get away with this shit anymore. So, yeah, I'm here for it. And I, I, It is I, age accountability. That's a good call. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that these companies, these hedge funds, they know this isn't really going to put them out of business. <laughs> no. But they're still just reacting to, like, for once not having the advantage is such a problem. Yes. And I think it's it's kind of a perfect mirror of this country in general and yeah like, yeah absolutely we've the this this government whatever you want to call it like i said since at least the 80s has been beholden to corporations they have yeah. been beholden to corporate america and profits and the parts of corporate america that support them they support them back and like we we get to vote and we get to decide who's in office and who's not. But once you get beyond that, you're just getting some variation of, well, what part of corporate America are they beholden to? Yeah. They're more or less just cut from the same cloth. It's like, like same, like that saying same shit, different pile. Right. That's all it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's staggering to me. It's just so, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's out in the open now. Now, whether or not it's going to change anything remains to be seen. I mean, if, if it's going to, I mean, I'm hoping for, I'm hoping there's going to be drastic change. And I know that there's, I know it's up to us as well to like really, you know, shine them in the spotlight and hold them accountable. But once again, how many people are willing to step up and do that? You know, burn yeah. it down. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm in favor of that. <laughs> Except I think my cousin works on Wall Street, so never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> and see that that brings me to the last thing I want to talk about, which is this Intercept article I found, where their argument is basically the stock market pushes people to the right politically, and that's kind of the example they use. Where you know, once you have money in a company or you have a vested interest in something, you're going to start excusing the shenanigans they pull 
yeah. that hurt other people mm-hmm. if it yeah. means you're going to get in on reaping those profits. Absolutely. This is how they put it in the article. Once you own even a modest amount of stock, you'll likely find yourself ambivalent about companies squeezing as much money as possible out of their employees, even if you're one of them. Hmm. It's interesting because, yeah, I, I, you, you see it happening. Like, I mean, even even in um, and you see it happening even in the entertainment industry. You see it happening in just just all sorts like from people you never imagined. Like, OK, like, OK, I know this is a, a small example, but um, for example, people like 50 Cent, Ice Cube and stuff like that. These are people who literally came from nothing, who came, you know, who lived in like some of the, sh- in, you know, the shittiest areas and stuff like that, who were involved in all sorts of gang activity just to survive. You know what I mean? But now that they've, they've got their millions and they've got their, you know, their millions, even billions of dollars now. And then when Biden's tax plan came out, they were just like, wait, what? No, fuck that. We're not doing that. We're not paying national taxes. We're going with Trump now. It's like, wait a second. You guys, you guys are voting for Trump? You guys, you, you guys, <laughs> you literally came from the same places that we came. And now because you're up there, all of a sudden you're just like, fuck them, like fuck us. And just, it's funny because it, 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 I think about it all the time. And I'm like, I, I understand why rich people vote Republican. I get it. I, I do get it, but I will never for the life of me understand why poor people vote Republican. I, I can't put, I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, they are just getting tricked into doing it, right? Like every time you see, every time you see, you know, like a lot of, you know, Republican people and they're always like, you know, the Democrats are going to raise your taxes, raise your taxes. They don't realize that the people that are, they're ta- those Republicans are talking to the people in the halls, in the town halls and stuff. And the people in the town halls are millionaires, right? They're not talking to the regular, the regular people who are working at, um, at Ralph's or, or um, Play It Again Records. Oh, that's, that's Canada, sorry. <laughs> or, at, um, or at Best Buy or something. Like they're not talking. They don't give a shit about them, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah, I actually wasn't that surprised by like 50 Cent and who else? Who was the the rapper who was throwing out hats at the Trump rally? Gucci gang rapper. What's his name? Oh, boy. Uh, Lil something. Lil Pump? Pump? Uh, Yes, because Trump called him Lil Pimp at the rally he showed up at. (laughs) And he he was fine with that. But that's why he supported Trump. He said it was because of Biden's tax plan. Yeah. And it's like that is that is insane, especially yeah. when you when you think about the variances in the tax plans. It's not going to be that much. This is still America. We're still going to, exactly. you know, and, really stick up for rich people. But yeah. also, how surprising is it that the guy who mm-hmm. put out an album called Get Rich or Die Trying is in the heat of that moment going to go with the option that makes him the most money? Yeah, exactly. It is. It's just so it's just self-interest. That's all it is. Just complete self-interest and greed and stuff. And I I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, you know, this might surprise you guys. I don't make over 400,000 a year. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, but, but on, you yeah, I know it surprised me too. I was like, wait, what? You know, but no, <laughs> like, even if I did though, even if I did, I still wouldn't mind 
paying a certain amount of money so that other people can actually get health care and be able to live with dignity and stuff and and be taken care of why not why the hell not it's it's, it's called you know not being a greedy asshole right yeah. i mean it's yeah. especially in the so-called, especially in a country where we like to brag about how, you know, everyone is equal, you know what I mean? How we like to, how we like to, you know, brag about all, all men and women are equal and we like to, you know, the land of opportunity and all this stuff. And meanwhile, we have these people over here who are trying to cut off a huge, a colossal chunk of opportunity from this other group of people here. It's, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it, disappointing. It's, it's not surprising, but it's disappointing. This seems like the first, the, let's say this could have been a one-time incident, this whole thing. Let's say it's, we could have just did it. It happened. No big deal. They had, we had our phone up the stock market and, it, and it, it passed like a fad. But the fact that the people up top couldn't even have a poker face about it, like just, they couldn't even look the other way one time. Like the first incident, they just lose their shit. Yeah. You kind of let us know that we hurt you where it hurts. So why would we stop? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, like they should just pretend it. Pretend it didn't matter. It, it kind of oversimplifies the issue of billionaires and how they spend their money, but there really should just be a cap on how much money one person can have. Like Jeff Bezos, I think, is a great example. At some point, that money you're generating has to go into helping people and yeah. making the world a better place. And yeah. if that doesn't happen, like this is such an untenable situation, like... Right now, it's Robinhood investors on apps who are demanding a part of that fucking money. Yeah. How long until it's people in the streets demanding a part of that money? Yeah. Adam, are you you suggesting suggesting a life salary cap? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, David Stern. (laughs) I I don't care. I'm put it in place. There should be a luxury tax. That's, that actually could work, possibly. Yeah. That makes sense. And you yeah. should be able to trade family members to another family if they're acting up. You know what? I want all NBA rules good. For, for the country. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I, I mean, want. Why not? I mean, I mean, we're. I mean, that's that's the thing. We're supposed to be able. We're supposed to be taking care of each other on the planet. If we really want our species to strive to thrive, then it's like it, it's it's only it's just it's just common sense it's like you know we should be able to you know take care of each other properly we need and that's what i was hoping that's what i was hoping that was going to happen during this whole pandemic i was really hoping that a lot of people would learn and be like okay you know we need to take better care of each other we need you know after this whole pandemic is done we need to really just you know look out for one another and, you know, let's do something about homelessness and the homelessness problem that we have. Let's do something about world hunger. Let's do what we can um, to basically, you know, make humanity great again. I could have chosen so many better words. Way I'm to sorry. stick that landing. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. That stuck the landing with wobbly knees. Ooh. <laughs> shifted that was terrible but, but you know is, what i mean i mean we could we should it, we should be focused on the betterment of humanity but then when i when i see the way people act up when i see stuff like this that, that's happening whether it's with the stock market or even just going outside and seeing the way people drive and seeing the way people act out in in the stores and stuff all selfish and and you know just bitching at um retail workers and stuff and i'm just like nope 
humanity still sucks. People still, people still suck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's worrisome to me that our idea of how corporate America functions has become so warped that even to just like what you're suggesting, because I've seen it on this podcast before where someone will just suggest, Hey, what if we just like weren't hurting people in the name of profits? There's like a whole half of the country that will literally laugh at you for having that opinion. They're like, come on, this is capitalism. Some people got to die so people can get rich. And it's like, I don't know if that's accurate. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's completely true. No, I don't think it is at all either. And it's a really, it's a really demented mentality to have. It's such a, it's like, that's, that's just, that's, that's just diabolical to think that way, you know? That's villainous. That's America. Oh. (laughs) Anyway, this was an upbeat episode. I think we, <laughs> I think we solved the stock market. I think we made a lot of redditors rich today. I think we can take. I think we can take credit for that. Uh, what do we have to plug before we get out of here? Follow me on the Robinhood app. You can invent. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, <coughs> Patreon.com slash unpops. Uh, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. That's where you can provide me with the private funding I need to keep this network going. Don't make me take this public. <laughs> uh, Sliceberg, what do you got to plug? I have a new instrumental album called Adult Slim, dropping all media streaming media platforms on February the eighth. Very nice. Where can people find it? Um, it's gonna be everywhere. Uh, Spotify. Um, title, iTunes, anywhere you can stream or download music, it should be there. JP, what do you got to plug? Um, well, follow me on social media, J-A-Y-P Brown 365. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm also on Twitch. I, twi- I, I stream every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Tonight I'm throwing down in Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. And it's nice. going to be jokes and shit. Also, um, I also... Uh, do a YouTube show called Ain't That a Glitch, which is basically a highlight reel of like a lot of my best, worst, and glitchiest Twitch stream moments. So yeah, come through and check it out. Nice. Nice. And I think that's it. Let's get out of here. JP, say goodbye. Y'all stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, and stay awesome. Sliceberg, say goodbye. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street. I'm